It is time now for the Robert Sala Report, brought to you by Infinity.com and Slomans. And I would think that on this day, Robert Sala is so happy that this is the last time he has to talk to three I of don't, us. I disagree. I think he enjoys this spot. No, as much as think, one can enjoy I don't think company. I don't think any coach enjoys I, being I, asked questions. But of all the coaches, I think he enjoys well, let, this more than anybody else. Let's ask him. He's yeah. right here. All right. Coach, are you happy this is the last one? No, I love you guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. The line's oh, beginning. I'd like to change my answer. Oh, man. You know what? We'll call and ask about the Yankees and the Mets during yeah. the summer then. All right, so the season is over. Let's put a bow on it. What are your thoughts when you think about the 2023-2024 season? What are you going to think? Um, a lot of frustrations, obviously. It, um, you know, it didn't go the way any of us wanted to. Um uh, God, you're gonna have to ask me that. I, I've got so many thoughts in my mind, and there's just so many different things that are racing through my head. But um, but at the end of the day, it, it wasn't good enough. Um, you know, we I, I'm, I'm I am you know when you try to look for silver linings and all that, there, there's a lot of good things that came out of it. But um, just, if I were to give you one word, it'd be mm. frustration. Now, to that end, you just maybe you answered it by saying frustrating. But when when you look at everything that you went through with all of the injuries. Do you look at the seven wins and say that you, you feel that that's an accomplishment? You got to seven, or do you look at it and say we could have done better? Uh, you're always going to say you can do better. I, I look at it and I'm like, God, this seven and ten season doesn't feel like last year's. This defense doesn't feel like last year's, and that I feel like um, you know there's. Uh, I feel like our guys battled. They battled through so much adversity. The adversity at the early part of the season to get to four and three. The adversity of the middle of the season, and then the uh, where we lost five in a row, and then the finish with three, winning three of our last five uh, to bounce back. So there was what was different this year than a year ago is that when we hit adversity a year ago, we never got out of it. Uh, where this year we we bounced out of adversity twice, and. Um, uh, which which speaks to the growth and the resiliency of the group. Uh, the key is how do we avoid adversity? You're not going to, but how do we how do we make it? How, how do we make those little bouts of adversity shorter? And um, you know, so there's a lot of really good things, even defensively. You know, the the stats may not be exactly like they were, or even better than they were a year ago. They're they're still really really good. But when you look at the quarterbacks we played, we played some damn good offenses, some damn good quarterbacks. Um, and and some some very very heightened environments on national television and all that and uh, for the most part we held our own but um, you know so there was a lot of things that uh, you can pull from all the young guys that got reps on the offensive side of the ball when you look at uh, uh, Xavier Gibson and Brownlee and uh, Irvin Charles and Carter Warren and Joe Tipman uh, even uh, Rucker uh, Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall who are second year kids who are still getting. Uh, who are still growing and improving in their uh, this profession? It's been, it's like I said, it's been frustrating. But when you when re- you remove frustration and you try to find silver linings, there's so many things that we can pull from. But at the same time, it, we've we've got to make sure that we don't turn a blind eye to all the issues that that popped up through adversity, uh, so we can get those those fixed, so we can have a cleaner 2024. In retrospect, coach, did the season end after play four? Uh, you, you never want to say that it, it became a battle for sure, um, and it became a battle of uh, of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, 
don't know, fortitude is the right word, but uh, we knew there was going to be adversity going into the season, even with Aaron, and then that adversity really, really took a, a, a heavy dose or a heavy turn, and uh, we that ramped up. And so you could say four plays then, adversity struck. You know, a lot of teams lost their starting quarterback, but, you know, most of those teams didn't lose their starting quarterback to like week 10, week 11. Um, when it happens four plays in, it's hard, never an excuse. But at the same time, I, like I said, when you remove all the uh, frustration from what happened four plays in, we found out a lot about ourselves as coaches. We found out a lot about ourselves as an organization. We found out a lot about ourselves as players. And uh, um, and because of it, I think we're going to be much better going into 24. Now, you're not the general manager of this team, but I'm sure your vote counts. You said that you believe that Zach Wilson's going to have a a career in this league. You believe he's still going to be a good quarterback. So can I then assume that you would vote to try to keep him here? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm always going to do what's best for, for the organization first and trying to do what's best for the play, uh, for this team and, and putting us in uh, the best position to win. And uh, those are the discussions we'll have. Um, you know, is it best for everyone to go separate ways? I don't know yet. I, you know, we haven't. We've got to have our personnel meetings and go through discussions and talk about the pros and cons. But uh, I do believe Zach is going to be a really good quarterback. He's extremely talented. He's a good young man, and um, you know, it's you know, it's hard when you're hit with adversity and uh, there's so much noise surrounding your name and uh, and you're battling every single play and. Um, at the end of the day, it's, it's a team sport. It's not just one player. And um, But, uh, but yeah, I, I hold firm on the belief that he's going to have a good career. How different do you think the season would have been if going into week one, let's say, for example, you'd, you'd had Jacoby Percet sitting or a really established sort of professional backup that people know can go out there and win games? Do you, do you think this season stays in contention for longer? I don't know. It's it's probably more of a hypothetical, but I, I, I know that we went into the off season feeling like Zach is a very talented individual. He's got great uh he's got great arm talent, he's mobile, he's smart, um, and he can play the game and we we approached it with the sense that okay, he's had two years of playing. Uh we approached the off season that we were gonna help let him groom uh and learn under a veteran quarterback, kinda give him the redshirt year that we never gave him. So we felt like our decision making was sound. Um and we, like I said, we all believe that Zach's going to be a good quarterback. And uh, it's unfortunate for everyone that it happened four plays in. Hypothetically, uh, you can say whatever you want, and I'll leave that for you guys. But um, but the decision making, I feel like, was sound. Uh, it's just unfortunate the way it played out. But coach, I got to push back on that part because you said you'd give him the red shirt year he never got, but you're giving him that year before it happened. Because as it turned out, if Aaron had even gotten hurt in week four or week five and needed and needed to miss several games, Zach still wouldn't have gained that year of experience that it feels like he needed or that you guys were giving him. Well, I think I think what um, and forgive me, this is never going to come off right. Uh, there's always going to be a, a counter to what I'm about to say, but uh, it was it was four plays, you know. He never got a chance to watch a game plan. He never got a chance to see a sideline adjustment. He never got a chance to see anything. And so one week would have been better than four weeks, three weeks, four weeks. If you would if you would have got four weeks, I think you would have been way more prepared because the offense would have gotten established into a style of play by then. Because uh, remember, going into it, we knew that there was going to be some hiccups with even Aaron at quarterback trying to find an identity and a rhythm of a new play caller, new quarterback, new players surrounding it, and finding out what was good for everybody. Um, 
and so we never really got into a rhythm. That's the other part of it. You know, when it, you know Aaron, Aaron goes down in week 10 and you've established who you are on offense and you've established that identity, it's much easier for a backup quarterback to roll into it versus what happened four plays in where everything just turns on its head. Um, so, you know, to, to, to argue against it, I, I think he would have been better off. But, you know, it's all... You know, hypothetical, I guess. Speaking of Aaron, he spoke today and said that one of the things he that the Jets need to do is get rid of all of the BS, and it should only be about winning football, which sounds very, very reasonable. So my question to you, Coach, would you rather him not do Pat McAfee next year because that's a lot of outside noise that's not about football? Uh, you know what, I think... Um you know, I'm, I'm not going to speak for him, but I am in, in this uh, in this uh, small little segment. Um, when we refer to BS, we refer to everything inside the walls. I, I promise you, I don't think anyone really cares about inside these walls as teammate. No one cares about the McAfee show. I think that's more just noise for the outside world. Um, but just just the things in here and the things that we need to do better as an organization, uh, as players, as coaches, all of us in terms of. Uh, uh, stop sweating the small stuff and let's worry about winning football games. So, uh, Pat McAfee's show is, is entertainment. Um, it's what he does. He makes good money off it. Good for him. And, uh, and they, they put together a good product. But at the same time, I promise you, nobody really cares uh, about what's said in that, that McAfee show. So, or none of that stuff, anyway. like the conspiracy stuff and the Jimmy Kimmel stuff, enters the walls of, of Florham Park? None of that gets in? No, not. Uh, <laughs> It makes for entertaining conversation, but it's not like, oh my god, I can't. it's not. There's nothing dramatic. I mean, okay. I mean, you guys should you should you guys should sit down and talk to them about you know that, uh, holistic foods and all that. It's a fascinating conversation, to be honest with you. But uh, it's, well, we're going to save I'll, up a million I'll save dollars that for my doctor. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> but it, but it's it, it is fascinating conversation. It's just, but it's no, there's nothing negative about it. It's just how you approach it, and uh, and I don't think anybody in the locker room takes any of that with uh, with negativity now you're the person to ask i felt like yesterday was important to get that monkey off your back to finally beat the patriots was was that something you felt you needed to do going into the offseason uh, um you know we felt the patriots just happened to be the opponent um and, I, and i'm really i'm really serious about this one we the focus was about starting 2024 on the right foot. It had nothing to do with New England and breaking a streak and ending whatever it is. It's it was 2024. Um, we turned the turn the turn the page on a new year, and, and the intent is to go one and zero and start the new year one and zero. That's it. Um, because we feel uh, when we when we correct our wrongs over the off season that we're going to win a lot of games in 2024. And um, and so that was the that was the importance and the significance of yesterday's game. Uh, was it good to beat the Patriots? Yes. Was it great to not have to ever be asked a question about a, a losing streak again? Yes. Um, all of that stuff was was awesome. But um, but at the end of the day, it was about us finding another using the game as another opportunity to get better, which I felt like we 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 did, especially on offense in our run game. And um, and to finish the season strong, and, and like I said, to, to start the new year one and all. Um, you said yesterday a mathematician got something wrong. I mean, which which is a significant thing for the for the running back who would have had a thousand yards, who's had a great year. How is that possible? How, how if, if a guy is a mathematician, how did he get it wrong by ten yards? And, no, is, and is he well, still employed it, today? It, 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 
Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered because uh, he had he was way off. Like it was like sixty yards away, and then he had that big run at the end of the game. So we were trying to get him the ball back, and and the reality is whether it was um, whether it was the extra ten yards or not, we were only we only had one more play left at anyway. Uh, no matter how it shook out. Because um, I mean, he carried the ball 37 times. We were doing everything we could to get him to to a thousand, and um, uh, so we had one play left at it. Uh, that's why we ran the ball on the last play instead of taking the knee. Um, but at the end of the day, based on time, whether we knew it was 10 more yards or not, we we did everything we could. Brees did everything he could. The offense, defense, everyone did every everything they could to get him uh, the yards. So. Um, if I knew he would, to be honest with you, if I knew he was 15 yards away, I probably would have taken a knee. Um, and that play never would have happened. So, Oh, you know, speaking of taking a knee, I want to ask you, because you're always forthright with us, if you told your guys to go in a victory formation and they didn't listen, what would you do? Like what happened in New Orleans? I, I'd be um, I'd be really disappointed with the team. Uh, if, we're, if we're to take a knee and we ran up the score, especially in a position where you look like you're taking a knee and the defense is kind of relenting, so they're in a vulnerable position from a safety measure, um, that that one's hard. And, I, and Dennis Allen, I thought he did a great job addressing that, and, uh, um, but that would be, be very disappointing. You know, you know why I asked that, Coach, is because a couple of years ago when, when Shiano was coaching in the NFL – he was on the defensive side of the victory formation, and he had his guys dive over the top, and everybody said, well, that was awful. Well, this is just as bad, probably worse. Uh, th- I'd, say, I'd say this one's worse um, because, you know, the defense, yeah. I'm They're showing no respect for your coach. One, but, uh, it's yeah, hard, right? Uh, it's I, hard. It'd be hard I, to I feel respected. That. I don't know about that okay. one. Is it, is, it, is it either disrespectful to the coach or so much love for the player that they wanted to get the stats for, that the players love their players, that their teammates so much? And, That's uh, the part that I think is a little hard it, about it, is it didn't come from a bad place. It just ended up being a bad no, thing. It, you, you might as well have just gotten the eye formation and ran a play that at least the defense can defend itself. That that's a that's a good point. Yeah. Now every player says they love it. Every fan loves watching games in the snow. How does it feel to coach a game like that? Is, can you have fun, or is it just a headache because of what, what you can and can't do? Well, it depends. Are you a defensive guy or offensive guy? <laughs> well, you're a defensive guy, so... De- <laughs> defensive guys love it, man. Stats are great. No yards, no points. Great! <laughs> but but uh, offensively, you can't throw the ball. It's frustrating. Um, they've got eight guys in the box, which makes yesterday even cooler that, uh, you know, the boxes were stacked on both sides of the ball. We weren't going to let them run. They weren't going to let us run, but we still managed to churn out uh, close to 200 yards rushing against the number one ranked rushing defense in football, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, to impose our will in bad weather when everyone knew the ball was going to get handed off and everyone knew that it was going to be Brees who got the ball. Um, special moment for the old line who's been who's been under, a lot, under the gun all year. Um, we've been able to get some continuity over the last three or four weeks, and uh, and I do feel like it's gotten better every week. And it, and it was topped off with an epic performance in the snow against the number one ranked rushing defense, and uh, so it was fun to watch. I'm I'm curious. We have this argument all the time. Fans chime in, so it, it applied to the Giants and the Jets yesterday. By you guys winning and the Giants winning, you sacrificed draft position. Is it ever a conversation within the building? Hey, Robert, might be better if we lose this. We'll we'll get the seventh pick rather than the tenth. Is that ever talked about? No. 
No, it's uh, and actually I'll go on record that uh, one of the obviously the most important voice in this building is Woody, and and he wanted to win this game as good as bad as anybody, and uh, and I was glad we were able to go do it. And I'm also curious when you talked about. I mean, it was very quick. What do you tell Belichick? I mean, that could be the last time he coaches that team. I mean, is there any significant conversation had? And what do you say? I, first off, I still don't think he's going anywhere. But with that said, um, it's the same thing I always tell him. Uh, I've I've never really had a conversation with him. I've never hung out with him. I've never talked ball with him. Um, but I appreciate him. Uh, and I appreciate him because of all the things that he's contributed to the game, especially from a schematic standpoint, just watching his team, the way they attack protections defensively, and things that I've learned as a coach is watching tape. Um, so every time I've I've went shake it, shake, uh, shook his hand, I've always said I appreciate you, coach, and that's about it. Did you have a? Did it ever cross your mind that if it was the last moment, pretty cool, you're the coach going up against Bill Belichick in that spot? Be an awesome Jeopardy question. <laughs> you're more than a Jeopardy answer, coach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> will you uh, Will you watch the college football game tonight? Oh yeah, um, you know I'm a Michigan State guy. Uh, go Green! And uh, but um, you know I grew up in a uh, in a Michigan house, and I grew up in an era where Michigan, Notre Dame, Florida State, Miami, like it just feels right to see Michigan in the national championship game. So uh, uh, so I apologize to all my Spartan brothers, but uh, go Blue! Uh, wow. did, did, did you think Pepper's hit on Wilson was dirty? Um. Pepper sit on Wilson. Yeah, remember we hit him in the head. Was the fifteen yard oh, oh, penalty? Oh, oh, uh, oh, no, no, I got you. okay. I'm sorry, I was, I was somewhere else just now. Um, you shifted gears on me because uh, Peppers went to Michigan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, no, you know Jabril. Jabril plays with such intensity and speed and violence. Uh, I freaking love it. I mean, he, he. Um, he really single-handedly elevated the game of our rookie receivers yesterday, uh, just early and how you know it was awesome to watch the game as it progressed. And uh, I, I want everyone to go back and watch what Irv Charles did on the last play of the game when uh, Brees ran a four, uh, fifty-yard or four touchdown. Um, it wasn't like that the whole game. I mean, it was an absolute war with the receiver and, and Jabril. And I, I love his play style. I don't think it was deliberate. I think he was uh, he was going in to try to disrupt the pass. And uh, and just caught him on the chin. And and I wonder if I don't know if you even saw it, but the immediate contrition I think probably takes a little away from it, right? Like because he just looked like he felt bad immediately after the hit. Yeah, no, Jabril is a uh, like I said, I have a, a genuine respect for his game, his intensity, his uh, the way he talks on the field. But um, yeah, he, he's a stud, man. We appreciate you all year. Thank you for taking the time with us every Monday or Tuesday, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot. That was the Robert Sala Report brought to you by Infinity.com. Discover more about the luxury and performance of an Infinity QX60 crossover at InfinityUSA.com or visit your local Infinity dealer today. And Slomans, call 1-800-ALARM-ME to learn how you can have the Slomans Shield professionally installed free. Slomans, the difference is human.